Welcome back to Talking TBIs. Join me as I discuss what's new in traumatic brain injury research and highlight current problems in TBI diagnoses. This series will focus on the use of serum biomarker tests for detection of traumatic brain injury and potential changes in practice to come. This is Amalia here, and today we'll be talking about how serum biomarker tests may change the way we practice clinically. Let's get started. So for a quick recap for anyone new, last time we talked about a few different biomarkers and their relative prognostic and diagnostic abilities. Of the three I discussed, S100B, GFAP, and UCHL1, the front runner would be the FDA-approved combined GFAP and UCHL1 test. This test yielded a sensitivity of 0.976 and a negative predictive value of 0.996 for predicting CT-positive and negative results. This means that if patients in the mild category of head injury, such as a GCS of 14 or 15, had this biomarker test administered first, we would be able to tell which subset of these mild TBI patients would have a positive head CT and should actually undergo a scan with excellent probability. Before I get into how this test may change clinical practice, I want to give a brief overview of the research that was done to come to these results. The research was done by Jeff Brazarian et al., Dr. Bazarian is an emergency department physician and owner of Bazarian TBI Labs, who has numerous articles and research out on TBI diagnoses, management, and of course, biomarkers. The research was funded by Banyan Biomarkers and the U.S. Department of Defense, and many of the researchers did receive personal and professional funding for this, which is important to keep in mind. The research was conducted for two years at international sites, both in the U.S. and Europe. All patients had suspected head injury and presented to the ED within 12 hours of injury. All participants also underwent venipuncture for the serum biomarker tests and then a head CT. The lab results were determined using a predetermined cutoff value and the Boolean criteria, which basically means the test had to show a positive, negative, or inconclusive result. A positive of this study is that there were no inconclusive results. So if the results were above the cutoff value, it would be a positive result, and if it was below, it would be negative. The researchers also utilized two radiologists who were blinded to any patient information besides sex and age. The researchers wanted to utilize multiple sites and a large sample size to make sure the results were applicable and generalizable to the greater population. In total, the research included 1,959 participants, and majority of those participants had mild TBIs. This is representative of the general population and real-world proportion of patients with head injury. However, I would caution the use of their results on patients with a GCS less than 14, as that was a really small subset of their participant pool. They found that GFAP and UCHL1 combined biomarker tests had excellent ability to rule out CT-positive head injury. With their results, they concluded that about one-third of their participants could have avoided the CT scan without missing any intracranial injuries. Since this is a huge percentage of patients, this test would help improve ER wait times, ER efficiency, healthcare resource allocation, and healthcare spending. Right now, this test takes about four hours to result, so this would be a hard thing to implement as it is. I found an article discussing the collaboration of this test, which is called Brain Trauma Indicator, with Abbott Laboratories, who will be running another study with these biomarker tests, but with their point-of-care testing technology. This means that they're trying to see if the specificity and sensitivity will hold up with a much faster test. The goal is to have the results within 15 minutes, which would greatly improve ER wait times. 
There are a few ways in which this test could be implemented in practice. If it is found that the point of care test yields the same abilities as the four hour test, then it could be done quickly when patients arrive in the ED. Another application of the test could be used in athletics to determine the necessity for imaging. Right now, it looks like this Banyan biomarker test is used by the U.S. Department of Defense and is not yet available for hospitals. However, information on the use of this test was really hard to find. It looks like it may be something coming to healthcare in the future, but is not yet available. This test yielded great results in the GCS of 14 to 15 category, but should not be used in place of imaging guidelines or medical decision making. I think the best way for these biomarker tests to be implemented into practice would be in tandem with the guidelines we already abide by. It would just be another tool in the toolbox to help providers determine if imaging is really necessary. Once more research is done to determine which biomarkers have prognostic ability, I could see biomarker tests being done as panels, like we have for lipid panels, anemia panels, etc., to get a better picture of what's going on. Additionally, these tests could be done at intervals post-injury when patients follow up with their primary care providers to determine recovery. As I mentioned in the last episode, some biomarkers peak in the first 48 hours after injury, while others linger at elevated levels for weeks to months after this. This is why I hypothesize that different biomarkers will be useful at different time points post-injury, and a panel of biomarkers would be a beneficial lab to monitor in patients with head injury. In addition, there are going to be a subset of patients who have high levels of biomarkers but a negative CT scan, which could indicate that there is mild brain injury not detectable by CT. So biomarkers could help us get a more holistic picture of what's going on and push us in the direction of further screening for this subset of patients with more precise imaging, like MRIs or diffuse tensor images. Right now, MRIs are not as accessible to patients in the ER due to costs, limited availability in some hospital settings, and longer time to result. So they're not really used first line, but could be helpful in this smaller subset of patients. In terms of the application for athletes, baseline levels could be drawn before games and after and determine the player's eligibility to play in the next game. There are some other biomarkers that I won't really go into depth with here, but are worth mentioning just because of their research findings. There was one study on tau protein. Tau protein is a biomarker that has been researched for decades and has been linked to Alzheimer's disease. So a lot of the studies on this exclude patients with known neurological disorders. This one study looked at tau protein and it looked at two different subsets of tau protein, tau A levels and tau C levels, pre and post game in hockey players. This study found that tau A levels were not statistically significant in the pre or post game levels However, it did correlate to post-concussive syndrome duration, and they were able to determine the number of days it took to return to play. The researchers found that the tau C levels were better at detecting TBI and did have statistically significant elevations in the post-game lab draws of those with concussions. So not only would these tests help identify at-risk players, but it could also help tailor our medical management to each player. If we know how long it will take for them to recover, we can tailor our stepwise program to their time frame and allow athletes to get back to their sport at the soonest time frame while allowing them to fully recover. This would decrease their risk of post-concussion syndrome and other adverse effects of repeated head injury that could affect their quality of life in the future. A lot more research is warranted to figure out which biomarkers would be best for each setting, but there's already a lot of exciting findings that could change the way we practice in the near future. So if and when the point-of-care biomarker tests become commercially available in the U.S. healthcare system, ED providers should be aware of their clinical application. 
In summary, point-of-care biomarker tests are being researched as we speak. There is currently a FDA-approved biomarker test called Brain Trauma Indicator by Banyan Biomarkers. Biomarkers that peak soon after injury would be most beneficial to ED providers, but ones that linger or have prognostic abilities would be best for primary care providers who are responsible for a patient's stepwise treatment program. Another application of these tests could be used in athletics for high-risk athletes and give providers working with athletes a better predictor of recovery time, severity of injury, and eligibility of players to return to their sport. This is all very exciting stuff. I hope you learned something new and are excited as I am for the future of biomarker research and the potential these tests carry to improve our patient care and understanding of brain injuries. Thanks for listening and keep talking TBIs. For links to the research articles I mentioned in this episode, please visit www.talkingtbis.wordpress.com.